They even managed to convince us that John Travolta was an action hero at some point in the 90s. You know that is true. <laughs> yes, he did shit. have an amazing comeback during the, during the 90s as well. Dude. So, yeah, every, anybody can do it. You just got to find your niche. You got to find that project that really springboards you. And yeah, for, <laughs> yeah. for, for him, yeah, it was, it was Pulp Fiction, right? And then after that, yeah. he just wanted him in everything. And everything. Good, yeah, good or bad, yeah, it didn't matter. Comedy, action, drama, comedy, action, drama. Like the guy, the guy didn't say no to shit, man. He showed up no. everywhere. For yeah, he years. did. He did Broken Arrow. So. He did. Oh man, Broken Arrow, dude. Now that, it, yeah, Howie Long was one of the big <laughs> yeah. co-stars of the movie. He was god awful in that. Holy shit, man. That's, that's I don't know how one. the fuck he memorized blocking assignments because he can't remember dialogue for fuck. This is Jesse Ventura. You're listening to Children of the Atoms. Hello, everybody. We're back. Indeed. For those uh, who don't know, that's Brian. I'm Aaron. This is the Children of the Atoms podcast. What we do here is we watch everything, and then we sit down and talk about it. So, uh, Brian, real quick, before we get into this week's movie, <laughs> maybe I was a bit off my tits, but last week, did, did you say that you had never actually seen a Mel Brooks movie? No, I've seen Mel Brooks movies, but I okay. haven't seen like some of the like some of the big ones, like Young Frankenstein. I've never gotten around to seeing it. Amazing. Which ones enough. have you? So which ones have you seen? So I know I've I've seen like Spaceballs, and I've seen like that yeah, uh, to be not to be. Um, oh yeah, you know random things like that. I remember seeing those as a kid. You know when we had HBO, and you know you get up early in the morning and you'd see weird shit on TV. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I'm not real big into his. Uh, his, uh, you know, library. Uh, oh, man. Well, so, like, Blazing, so Saddles, Blazing Saddles. So I, like, yeah. I've seen Blazing Saddles, yes. I've seen that one. Um, but Young Frankenstein you haven't seen. Yeah, never got wow. around to see that one. That's, it's, it's yeah, I, I feel like that one I should have checked that one off. But, yeah, I just have not gotten around to it. You're, I, I got to tell you, man, you're missing a, a true classic. I mean, oh, yeah. a, an absolute yeah. gem. I, I, I know what everybody says about it. There's, there, I don't hear anybody talk bad about it. You know, no. they say, yeah, it's it's worth it. Even if you're not a Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks fan, I think that, yeah, people do, you know, speak pretty highly of that because it is pretty funny. It is. And even if you're, if you're a fan of, like, the old original monster movies, too, like, they they really did their homework on this one, man. It's really, it's amazing. <laughs> their homework, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? They had to study the, the movements of Lon Chaney and stuff. Yeah, basically, but like, you know, all the old sets and like that, it's just, you know, because it's done in black and white, it's just, ah, I don't know. There's just, and, there's nothing like it. And uh, Gene Wilder, right? I mean. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, what else could you ask for? Yeah. No, like that entire cast was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I put it on my list and actually just sit down and watch it one day. I know I like I've seen it on streaming too. Like it ever shows It's on HBO right while. now, yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, well, sure is. It'll have to go on the uh, on the list then and watch. Yeah. Peter Boyle was a Frankenstein of that. Marty yes, Feldman, Terry Peter Gar. Boyle. Yeah. Oh, Madeline Kahn right. too. Yes. She was amazing in that. Yeah, the whole cast is ridiculously good. Yeah. Terry Gar shows up in a lot of his movies. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. really great, Terry Gar. Yeah, I, I like her. Yes, Mister Mom. Uh, speaking oh, of her, is this streaming now too? That's another one. Uh, that's a classic. I'll always right go back, back to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to oh, do that yeah. one day as well. Oh, I'd be completely okay with, with that. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners would too. They they have to love you know the uh, early '80s. You know, you can't go wrong with it. I would think, but have you noticed now? Like, I don't know. Like in in some of the streaming services, how they break up, like. <laughs> sometimes they'll have like a, a classics collection or something like that. Have, have you noticed like the classics collection, like they're getting 
they're getting wildly old. Like in the fact that instead of like being movies from the sixties, they're like from fucking like ninety two and shit now. Yeah, well, because yeah, that's what happens. We all get old, and all of a sudden, I know, yeah, man, but we're, we're listening to the classic rock station, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> seeing Tank Girl in the classic collection just feels weird. You know I mean? Oh God, <laughs> that that needs to go like in the trash bin. It's like I don't damn, know. man. That is, that right next to the big hit and shit. It's like you guys need to pump the brakes. There's something going on here. Yeah, I mean, there there, there needs to be like a a separate bin for like garbage, and then hey, yeah, yeah this is decent stuff that we now consider a classic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Oh, the big hit streaming now too. But like, I purposely skipped right over that one. <laughs> well, that's probably good too. I mean, yeah. We we say you know gems. There's there's only so many gems that will fit into that bin. <laughs> Yeah, you know, from the '80s, but you know, we were—I mean, we 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 pulled up the list for uh, 1985 alone. But man, that year has Solid. got a lot of gems. So, are you thinking yeah. about maybe dipping into '95 for the for the next movie? '95 or '85 or in '85, right? Yeah, '85. Really, yeah, thinking about going that, for the next movie. I mean, I I would always be down for that because there's so many gems in that thing. Uh, yeah, some man. real classics, some real classics, and some real stinkers too. There really is. Like, it's weird. Just looking through this list, I'm like, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it. Like, there's there's not very many fucking gaps on this list. Yeah, I know. You're almost like, yeah, seen it, seen it, seen it. And then you also have that moment where you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, there's, shit. there's good and bad. But yeah. I, it's like, I own that. I have that on DVD. It's like, oh, my God, what am I doing with my life? God, yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, because at one time you said, wow, this has to go home with me. Yeah, <laughs> and walking through a Best Buy, and I was like, I got 12 bucks, why the fuck not? That's the worst part, is like, yeah, you could have paid 12 to 15 bucks for a DVD copy that nowadays, you know, people are just like throwing into a bin and saying, here, do you want it? Take it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's how I ended up with a copy of Legend, starring oh, Tom Cruise. I got bored, I had 12 bucks, and I was like, yeah, fuck, I'll take that. Oh boy, Tim Curry too, man. It gets a pass. You know what I mean. That's the only thing that's worth in that movie, man. Is is Tim Curry's. I know. You know, and that's just the. I, I mean, even not so much Tim Curry, but just the makeup that went into that. Yeah, movie. absolutely it was just amazing. Really good. Yeah. 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 If there's one reason to, like, and being a Ridley Scott movie, like too, man, it's you kind of expected more. Yeah, like a. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you can't like bat a thousand. Right? Yeah, I guess you got it. You got to take some swings and misses. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise you can't get better, right? You gotta fail to get better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. What was the next movie after that? Was it Aliens 2? He's like, fuck this, I'm, I'm done with this genre. <laughs> yeah. Take it back to uh, sci-fi. God. <laughs> yeah, I think he, uh, Black Rain was uh, was like his next sci-fi movie that after that, next, according to his is, list. That's not even really a sci-fi movie, though. That's like a th- uh, cop action thriller. What, that, was that, that one wasn't a sci-fi movie? No, Black Rain, that was uh, Michael Douglas and Andy Garcia. They were a couple of cops. They uh, tracked down uh, a uh, criminal it's back to Japan. So it gets like really? a whole y- Yakuza thing. You, oh, have you never seen that movie? No, I've never seen it. It's, yeah. Oh, boy. It's, it's not great, you, but it's. You really, you start out with some enthusiasm, then it really kind of started out. Yeah, it's, 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 I remember seeing it many times as a kid. I, I it's, I won't say oh. like it, it probably doesn't hold up as good, but it, it's all right. It's it's okay for like an '80s action film. Oh man, Kate Capshaw is in it. Oh really? <laughs> yes. Oh man. Well, that's that's not really an encouragement to go see it. I guess I don't know. 
I mean, there's there's some good stuff in it. It's it's, but I I wouldn't be like, oh man, you have to see this movie because it's, Boy, it's it so good. It made a fucking dough at the box office, though. Yeah, I could see that though. I mean, there was Damn. you know Michael Douglas. He had a, he had a pretty good run throughout the mid '80s all the way up in through the '90s. Yeah, he was uh he was the it guy for a, a hot while there. Like yeah, yeah, he had a really good run. Yeah, they always do, and then it just kind of disappears. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, hey, speaking of '85, as it just so happens, today's movie is also from 1985. Yeah, no uh, coincidence. Yeah, after just the absolute shellacking that was fucking cliffhanger, we decided to take a, a pause on the uh, on the summer alone for a bit, and we're we're branching out. Yeah. <laughs> If you call it that, okay. Yeah, it is. It's a French out. So we're uh, we're going to the uh, the film icon that is Arnold Schwarzenegger and with uh, 1985's Commando. And it makes sense to do this. I mean, because this this movie did come out in '85, as you said. It went not directly head to head, but it came out the same year as Rambo: First Blood Part Two, which is probably one of Stallone's most famous movies, at least yeah. action movies. Yeah, gotta be. So, yeah. <laughs> Adventuring out too far, I don't know. Yeah, it it feels like a big venture out. And I'll tell you something I didn't know about this movie. Apparently, like from reading about the production and all that, like there are just multiple versions of this movie running around, <laughs> and uh, so much so to the point where I think I've seen not even trying to seek them out, like four or five different versions just from seeing them like different places. I see. Like, I there's don't know. many different versions of this movie. <laughs> I would love to see like an actual different version. I mean, I watched the quote-unquote director's cut of this thing and that yeah i was with you we, we'll, we'll talk about like those parts where it comes up but it's i i can tell you right now i'm not gonna spoil anything it's not worth like having to go seek that out it is not you know, no like, yeah it's it's not much to it i would love to see you know a good version of this thing that actually like runs two hours maybe just, just to see what they would have put in or had to take out um, mainly it was uh, it, it was stuff for violence that they were trying to they were trying, they had to cut out too much violence so that As it could be released do. everywhere because yeah. apparently like a lot of places it was not allowed in its current state so they had to really cut it down a lot. Yeah, they didn't want that X rating, right? So yeah, had to, had to help the MPAA out. The dreaded X rating. Yeah, this movie comes in a very spelt ninety minutes. I mean, what eighty nine minutes really, right? Yeah, it's tight. It's, 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 it is it a is. tight movie. I mean, it there's is no math, pause. Like, like there's no pause no. for for story beats in here. Like they fill in dialogue like as like it's almost like they're on West Wing because every every bit of fucking ex- exposition is given like as someone's moving forward. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, I I remember as a kid seeing this. You know, once again, like you'd see it on HBO or something. Yeah. And I remember this thing being much longer than just that that hour and a <laughs> half, right? Yeah. Yeah. For like, sure. Everything when you're a child seems so much bigger. Mm-hmm. But I do remember loving this thing as a kid. I thought this was a phenomenal movie, and I've because it was basically you know making you know GI Joe actually come to life and just go blow shit up. That, that's what the entire yes. movie was essentially. And it was Arnold. Like I just yeah. I loved Arnold as a kid. Yeah. Like I I think I loved Arnold more than I loved uh, Stallone growing up in the eighties. You know, yeah. like you know, there's there. I think you you. Grew up in two camps, right? You were a Stallone fan or you were a Schwarzenegger fan. I, yeah. I found myself gravitating to the Schwarzenegger side of it for some mm-hmm. reason. I mean, as a kid, I, I couldn't really articulate why. Right. I just felt like it was more fun to watch. Maybe it was maybe it was the cl- more clever one-liners or something. I don't know. I think if, if Rambo or if Rambo if Rambo would have played more guys, no, if Stallone would have played more guys who maybe like did swords, 
I think he would have yeah, maybe captured sure. the imagination of more kids. Because, you know, Conan was right around the time of He-Man and shit. And it's just, you know, Schwarzenegger hit a lot of very, uh, a lot of different notes that combined him into one basically giant action figure that we could watch go, you know, say cool things and, you know, blow shit up. Yeah. Yeah. Stallone, you know, he, he had... God, do I say it? Like, he had range, right? Yeah. I mean, he wasn't just drama, doing, like, for action sure. films. He yeah. was doing drama. He, I mean, mm-hmm. granted, yes, the Rocky films got a little bit more ridiculous <laughs> as they went along. Well, how dare you? But still, Have you not seen Rocky Four? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of <laughs> drama, you know, there, right? Yeah, there was. But, ugh. But, I mean, yeah, if you've seen the original Rocky, I mean, that is oh, yeah. the epitome of a drama, you know, therein. You know, it, you know, people confuse that for a boxing film. It's not a boxing film. It is a drama film. It is about a man, mm-hmm. you know, trying to do his best and get through life. You know, it just yeah. happens to have some boxing in it. Yeah, and a head like a cinder block, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but other than that, like, yeah, I mean, everybody, like, they, they just went to the, their bread and butter in the 80s. They went to action and, you know. Yep. You know, Schwarzenegger really never really had his drama moments, right? I mean, it was action and then dip his toe into comedy and then, yeah, back to action, you know, and then to politics. So. It does help that the comedy, though, like he did have Danny DeVito with him. Like that's a that's a pretty good, that's a pretty strong comedy partner to have in a movie with you. No, I, I agree. You know, if, if I mean, if there's any feather in Schwarzenegger's cap, at least, it's, you know, that he did beat uh, Stallone on the comedy front. That's what, I think we talked about it last week that, you know, Stallone really wasn't cutting it, you know, in the comic scene. I think in the 90s, like, he kind of swapped. Like, when he started having, like, a lot more, like, humor in his movies, like, more jokey kind of, you know, it just, I don't know, I think it it it, it helped fuel, like, his resurgence, I guess, because he was kind of adjusting to the times. Yeah, like like everybody has to, right? I mean, I mean, fuck, they even managed to convince us that John Travolta was an action hero at some point in the nineties. You know that I mean? is true. Yes, Holy he did shit. have an amazing comeback during the during the nineties as well. Dude. So, yeah, every anybody can do it. You just got to find your niche. You got to find that project that really springboards you. And yeah, for for <laughs> yeah. for him, yeah, it was it was Pulp Fiction, right? And then after that, yeah, I just wanted him in everything and everything. Good, yeah, good or bad, yeah, it didn't matter. Comedy, action, drama, comedy, action, drama. Like the guy, the guy didn't say no to shit, man. He showed up no. everywhere for yeah, he years. Did, he did Broken Arrow. So. <laughs> he did. Oh man, Broken Arrow, dude. Now that, oh. it, yeah, Howie Long was one of the big <laughs> yes. co-stars of the movie. He was god awful in that. Holy shit, man. That's, that's I don't know how one. the fuck he memorized blocking assignments because he can't remember dialogue for fuck. <laughs> Someday we'll get to that one, <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll oh, do a, a Travolta retrospective or well, something. The next time I'm walking through Best Buy, I got twelve dollars in my pocket. <laughs> might end up with a pack of your broken arrow. Maybe. I'm pretty sure you could find it for ninety nine cents somewhere. It might be rentable for that right now. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Oof, I don't even know if I'd want that on your uh, your search history though. Remember uh, Howie Long tried to be an action star for a while. Remember he, he made uh, Fire, he made some action Firestorm movies or something. Firestorm. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Okay, if we find that, like we we may just have to sacrifice and watch that shit. Ugh. We might as well do the Brian Bosworth film. What Stone Cold? Stone Cold. Dude, <laughs> I watched Stone Cold unironically. You know what I mean? That movie is fucking ridiculously good. Yeah, I think you'd watch that because you're a Lance Hendricks fan, though. I do like Lance Hendrickson. Yeah, he's yes, pretty solid. <laughs> He does. He does upstage, you know, Bosworth that films. Boy, there's someone who just eats scenery. This fucking Lance Henderson. God damn it, that guy just takes up a room. I agree. Amazing. <laughs> anyway, we Have were talking Travolta about a movie. A movie right? Sorry, we're wildly off base here. <laughs> oh, this is man. how the show goes all the time. So if yeah. you're a first time listener, just bear with us because right. we'll get to it. 
So Commando. <laughs> uh, it, it, it opens up almost kind of like... It, it, it's evocative of uh, like an episode of the A-Team where you just get like standard army music and you're going through and, and uh, it's slowly we see it, we're introduced to some people as they're, uh, there's a, a guy who's taking his garbage cans out and he's murdered by a couple of assassins and then you know a couple other people are killed there's a guy in a boat that's murdered and we, we start getting the sense that uh, a, a group of nefarious people are all committing these acts and they're slowly murdering this group of people well as uh we then shift to what northern california yeah right? is I, that I, where Schwarzenegger is supposed to be i mean he she gets to southern california pretty quickly so i'm imagining maybe very quickly yeah, somewhere in California. Yeah. Very quickly, yeah. They're definitely he, mountains. Yeah, he's in California. We know that. Uh, Army helicopters show up, and it's his old uh, his old boss, basically. Like, we know you were the best, and you know you're retired now. And he's like, I don't, you know, I'm out of the game. And it's like, well, someone's hunting down your team, so we got to get you to safety. And uh, it's at this point that uh, the army then leaves, right? They yeah. leave Schwarzenegger alone at this point. Like they they come to tell him he's in trouble, and then they just leave. Yeah, is that yeah. what happens? Well, they, well, they but they, but they leave a couple, of guys, leave a couple guys there. Yeah, like but, so the entire army just leaves two guys with Schwarzenegger because that's supposed to be enough to stop whatever illicit uh, nefarious squad is out to take out him and his former team of commandos. Right. Yeah. So like that's the, the basic plot of the movie. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the plot of the movie is yeah, and we'll we'll get a little bit more into it. When we get there because what they're doing is they're trying to find our hero john matrix played by right. Arnold schwarzenegger they're, they're working their way up the ladder yeah basically. They're, well they're trying to kill the rest of the team to basically flush flush uh matrix out right they can't ah. find matrix but they for some reason they, they found out everybody else so they're killing them as they explain later on in the movie this uh, this is you don't right. get this in early on in the movie you're just trying to figure right. out what's going on um but yeah what it, it's explained that they're killing off Matrix's team, they were like a elite special forces team, yep. you know. And as they kill them, they wanted to make the commanding officer General Kirby go find go to Matrix and they could follow him to him. Yeah, now, they, made, they like yeah, they're hoping like Kirby would lead him right to him. Yeah, which and they follow pretty pretty damn did. quick. Yeah. It's, yeah, they it's did. Pretty crazy how that happens, you know, the guy yeah. flies in a helicopter out there but all they're like, "Oh yeah, as soon as he leaves, Boom, they're Another there helicopter. on yep. them, right? Like mm-hmm. white on rice, dude. They are just blowing blowing the army uh, guards away and then yeah, then we get to see That was one of the cooler parts cuz like as after the heli- the army helicopters leave, it's within like seconds really that uh Schwarzenegger John Matrix he kind of looks up into the sky a bit and he he like he senses it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no, a Jedi. He, he says he smells them. That, yeah, that's right where I was going. Yeah, the guy's like, did you smell him? He's like, I did. You know, and it's like, oh, God, he can smell these fucking guys. Like, that's yeah, how he's awesome that good. soldier he is here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's down like, they're, yeah, they're downwind. So or, right. or we're downwind. So we can smell them. Right. We can smell them. <laughs> yeah. It's just. So then uh, it's just, it's so many guys that, that come to take out just this one guy. And, you know, as you would expect a, like Schwarzenegger to do, he just starts mowing through everybody. Uh, but as he is trying to lead them away, uh, so that the, the army can, as the two soldiers can escape with his daughter, right? Or he's trying to lead them away from yeah. his daughter. So we kind of, like, why does really... he, he willingly separate from her? Like, yeah, we didn't really here? get into this whole thing that, you know, Matrix is out here. He's retired from the special forces. And yeah, they're way out in, in a secluded cabin, like in the mountains. Yeah, he has a daughter, 
right? Mm-hmm. There's no there's no mother around. We don't know nope. what, what happened to the mother or anything like that. But mm-hmm. we know he's out there. And, you know, he there, in the opening montage of this whole movie with the credits, you know, we see him running around being the perfect dad, right? It's, it's really yeah. weird to see Schwarzenegger in this role. Like, I think it's like... You know, I think they wanted to. This is what I'm trying I, to I soften heard. him up a bit. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to broaden his audience a little bit, and so show right. that yeah, he's not just a robot, right? He's yeah. not a barbarian. <laughs> right. He's an average guy with a kid, and he can relate to women. And they're eating ice stuff. cream like they're actually they're actually feeding a baby deer at one point. Like, yeah, it's all this. It was so shit. much. It felt like you were watching a like an 80s sitcom, you know, where they do those little montages of having good times, you know, it's like, it's the whole thing where you like two lovers rolling in a field, just saying, Oh, we're so in love and we're just laughing and kissing. Right. Right. Well, also like to help out that 80s sitcom scene is like in between, uh, the the whole army music is still pumping at this point. Well, in between the army music, when they're showing these nice shots of of Dutch and his daughter, they interweave like some really sappy kind of Hallmark music, but then it goes right back. And then woo-doo, like nice and melodic. And then like, it's such a weird juxtaposition of an opening theme. Like it's kind of hard to, I mean, to follow. This is a James Horner score. So, I mean, you're going to get all those drums. You're going to get all that. I mean, I like James Horner, but James Horner, like, He's one of those ones that you can definitely tell when he's scoring a film because yeah, it's it's drums, you know, yep. stuff like that. You know, it's not John Williams playing horns, right? This is right. Yeah, it's very unique to to him. So yeah, yeah I'm not surprised at what we got. But yeah, yeah, getting back to the plot, yeah. So what these guys are really there to do is not to kill Matrix. They absolutely do not want to kill him like they were killing nope. the other members. They want to get there, grab his daughter, use her as leverage, so mm-hmm. he will complete a job for them. Which we yeah, because he's he's the only man who's good enough to do it. Yeah, it's in so <laughs> so we get so yeah they're the bad guys there right they show up at his house they kill the two yep. army guys yeah and you ask like why does he knowingly separate from the daughter right he tells yeah. the daughter to run upstairs get under her bed hide whatever it it makes sense because he's like I got to get to my shed because that's where his arsenal is at. He has like a whole gun safe back there. Oh, that's right. Like James Bond style. He he started pushing some buttons and a panel dropped out and boom. Yeah. And yeah, he pulls out a rifle and a gun or something and goes chasing after him. But while he's doing that, the bad guys have caught up to uh, Jenny, who's played by, you know, 80s. Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano. Yeah. I mean, everybody, like if you grew up in the 80s, you probably had a crush on Alyssa Milano. You Who's know, the boss, man, for sure. Uh, yes. I mean, she yeah. she had just got done filming season one of Who's the Boss when she was uh, picked to do this movie. Um, I think she, I, I remember there's a long list of uh, people who tried out for this film. Um, well-known people. Um, oh, really? Also that age. You know, she beat them out. I, so I did I did not write down the list, though. But yeah, okay. she, she beat out a lot of, uh, beat out a lot of uh, young actresses for this role. Got it. I think she does a pretty good job in this role. Yeah, um, she's not what she's to given to do lot. for sure. Yeah, yeah, she's there to look scared and cry. She's the MacGuffin. Yeah, and she does yeah. she does that well enough. She has some some pretty tough lines for a kid. I mean, I yeah. can admire that. But yeah, so they end up catching her, and that's mm-hmm. when we first get to hear one of. Uh, well, is it does it count as a as a one liner if the guy's yes. like you know t- saying hey we got to talk and you know you're gonna do everything we say right and he just turns at him and says wrong and blows him away. Yep, I mean it's it's kind of a weak one lighter, but it's a start. It's a start, yeah. It, it, and for those who are unaware, like if you haven't seen this movie, it's it might be the zenith of Schwarzenegger's uh, 
not not really shitty, but just his one-liners are so ridiculously on point in this movie. Like every every yeah. two seconds, right, right where you would expect the line to be, there's no missed opportunity. Like there's definitely a line everywhere. Everywhere the beat lines up, you know they didn't miss it. It's there, and they're they work by and large. They they really work in this movie. Even like the the funny one-off lines that other people have in this movie are pretty good. Like in the mall scene, like the security guards talking about Schwarzenegger and things like that. Yeah. Like you know, it's just. You know, the little things this movie really worked. I, I agree. That. Like, you're, if you're watching, you've never seen this film, you're going to do one of two things. You are going to go with this film and you're going to laugh every time that Arnold throws those one-liners out. Or you're yeah. going to do the complete opposite and just kind of roll your eyes and be like, <laughs> oh my God, is, am yep. I really watching this? You know, there's, I don't think there's anything in between. But yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I go with this film. Like, this is what I remember as a kid. I yep. loved, like, I laughed. I remember as a kid laughing at these one-liners. And even today, like, I still chuckle at them. Like, I, I know it's coming. I know exactly what he's going to say. But I'm yeah. enjoying it. I'm going with the ride. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so so yeah. after he's kidnapped, it's revealed that uh, a member of his squad who we were formerly in the opening, one of the opening scenes of the movie, uh, it looked like he was one of the guys who was killed. But as it turns out, dun, 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 the, the, the giant Australian man... Uh, What's his name in this one? Vernon Wells. He, he plays a character called Bennett. Thank you, Bennett. Yeah, he kind of looks like uh, I don't know. Like his outfit is unique in this movie. <laughs> kind of like a. Uh, if you were to run into Scott Steiner in a club in like 1999, <laughs> this is basically what this dude's wearing in this whole movie. Like if I guarantee whatever you're picturing, you're fucking nailing it. Like that. That's exactly what he's wearing in this movie. You're absolutely right. Wow. Uh... Yeah, I, but I he's could... he's very colorful. Like for a bad guy, like he's really he's he's almost like comic booky, like you know, over the top bad guy. But for a movie that itself is over the top, it fits perfectly. In any other movie, it would be such a a, a, a a takeaway. Like it'd be such a negative. Like oh my god, this guy he's too over the top. He can't read it in. But in this movie, it fucking works. I love well, it. What, what he describes himself as personally, he's like a very buff Freddie Mercury in this film. <laughs> like, that's is that what he, he says? Yeah. Yeah, so I love like, it. Like, and you can see it though. Like, if you see yeah, a picture for, of now Mercury, I can. Yeah, yeah, add like thirty or fifty pounds to that guy. He's yeah. got a mustache. He's got the same type of hair. You Damn know, and he's he wearing leather and yeah, yeah. But it's funny. Like, apparently, I just I read this on IMDb, so I take it for what it's worth. But right. apparently, uh, the the original guy who was cast as Bennett. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the name is escaping me. I do not know who he is. He got fired on the first day, so they brought Vernon Wells in as this role. And because the guy was much smaller than uh, Vernon Wells, like that's why Vernon Wells, when he's on set there, his his clothes look like they're so tight on him. Yeah, is because they don't really, yeah, they don't fit right. It's because they just went and said, "Hey, we need you to come on set." Play and they just role. put him in this other guy's wardrobe. Put him in his wardrobe. So I wonder how much bigger he is than this other guy because he is just poured into those pants. Oh man, I mean, oh, man. like you can hear him walking. That thing is like, crunch, crunch. oh yeah, you, you should, know that man. leather sound you get when yeah. you're moving around. Yeah, it's. But Vernon Wells, I mean, I like if you if you don't he's recognize terrific. him, yeah. If you've seen The Road Warrior, he's the main bad guy in that thing. He's phenomenal there. He he shows up in uh, uh, Weird Science as yep. one of those biker guys that comes rolling through it during the party. He's Mad a Max great too. Character actor. Yes, yeah. he's a great character actor, an Aussie actor, entertaining, and he's he doesn't disappoint in this film. Like he's probably one of my favorite characters in this movie. Oh, for sure. Like he's. You know, as good as Schwarzenegger is, this movie like a good hero needs a good villain, and like Dan Hedaya's character, he's a 
he's the general like he, he's the one funding like the uh like you know uh, bennett and and whatever team of goons he has to try to make matrix take out as his political rival and things like that and dan hedaya he does he's a terrific actor but he's not really given very much to do in this movie other than just kind of be background scenery, you know, for the for the two beefy guys to yeah to with, eventually a, collide with a Hispanic accent, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, not basically, so great. you know, no, Dan, not so Dan great. Adea, yeah, <clears throat> if you don't know, he's not Hispanic, so no, he is not. You know, but he 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 does what he can. I, apparently, this this role was supposed to go to Raul Julia, but really, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. So. Oh boy, that would have been a way. Damn it, Why? it would have worked. I, it would have oh, worked. For I don't sure. know. I think Dan Medea does a decent job in this role, but. Let, let's he's get not given much to do, but yeah, but, yeah but, but Vernon Wells, like with his his villain Bennett, it's so yes, it it, it it's half the reason why you watch this movie is like because you want to see him being ridiculous, saying ridiculous shit, and like he uh, it's almost like a, a version of Kano from Mortal Kombat One. He's yes. got this giant knife. He's just always doing like sinister shit with like cleaning his nails, or he's always threatening people and smiling yeah, at cleaning his man. gun, just, doing yeah. something. Yeah, he's and always just, doing something villainous, like in the moment. Yeah. He's talking shit to all this, the little soldiers and shit. It's yeah. great. Like, he's just yeah. a fantastic character. He but is, he's great. But this, this is a good time to add. Let's, let's get into the plot now. As, as This is where, we're, at this point, where we reveal what Matrix has been kidnapped for, or, or what I should say his daughter's been kidnapped for, right? Right. So, yeah, as you said, Dan Hedaya, he plays a general. What, what we learn is, like, he's been, he's a deposed leader of a country called Valverde. And yeah. If you've heard that country, you know, brought up before, if you've seen Predator, if you've seen Die Hard 2, it's, it, the country is brought up. It's a fictitious country that's supposed to yeah. be like in Central America or South America. I don't know. But just yeah. not North America. Yeah, just, they, just know that. They just make it up as they go, but this is a fictional character. But yeah, he's a deposed leader that yep. Matrix's team helped pull out and they put a new guy in, right? So there was... Yep. You know, doing what the U.S. always does, you know. A regime change, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, there's do CIA goes in there, performs regime change, whatever. So the whole plot here, you know, that Arius, he, it's, that's Dan Hedaya's character's name. Yeah. He wants Matrix to go to Valverde and kill the new president there because, yeah, he was... Uh, Matrix was treated as the hero of the revolution and whatever. So right. he thinks that he could get close to the new president and he would kill him. And then somehow that will let Dan Hedaya's character just come back and be president again. It's, yep. Makes it's, perfect sense. I think there's some some, some uh, points to the story that were left out of this thing. Um, <laughs> Because yeah, I feel like there has to. to be like a whole military invasion to kind of make that happen. You and would think. We see a warehouse later full of tanks and guns and shit and army officers and all this stuff. So I think there's a different side, like a bit of story that just got cut out of this film. Yeah. But yeah, that's the whole point. And like, why is all that shit in America? Like, what's yeah. going on here? <laughs> Which, yeah, I have, we'll get there when we get there because I have questions. <laughs> Man, so many. Questions. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that is the main plot though. That that's what Schwarzenegger is asked to do. Like you're gonna go and assassinate this president. I'm gonna be put back into power, and then once you do that, I will return your daughter to you, and everybody lives happily ever after. Yep. And but that point, Schwarzenegger knows, like, nope, it's not gonna work. I got to figure out an escape, and that's where the adventure begins. Yeah. And then a pretty cool scene too, because as he's being escorted to the airport uh, by a very. Uh, by another uh, pretty good character actor, uh, David Patrick Kelly, he plays Sully in this movie. Oh, like, so I, good in this one too. Yes, uh, you know, Warriors come out to play like that guy. Like, yes. if you've ever seen, 
anything from the 80s to 90s where there was a creepy little fucking Weasley guy, That's I guarantee him. it was this dude that played him. You, like, I guarantee it, like, if you, like, you, like you described it, if you just close your eyes, you'll see this guy's face. Like, it's yep. just there. He's got yeah. that haircut, that voice. Yep. Oh, man. He does, yeah. Plays it to a T. It's great. Yeah. It, it, to this day, uh, Dreamscape still terrifies me. Like, the steak monster oh, he was yes. in that movie. Yes. Dude. Yes. Some scary shit. Good call. Some really scary shit. Uh, but anyway, so Sully is like the, the Weasley little handler, and uh, he's basically given Matrix his his, uh, his instructions and stuff, and he puts him on a plane, and, and Matrix tells him, he's like, I like you, I'm going to kill you last. So, you know, not exactly like a great one-liner, but it sets forward like a, a threat that's going to be coming. This is, oh, by the way, this is even after, you know, Schwarzenegger does deliver his famous line, I'll be back. Yeah, he does. He yells that to Bennett. He does. Yeah, they had to work that in there. Every movie, yeah. Yeah, I think... Gotta get it in. This was, it probably was the first movie since Terminator where he worked that in there and it just became a thing. Yeah, since then, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, so as they're, they're getting onto a, a quite a large jumbo jet, and I don't know if, if most people are aware how planes work, but you can't... The way he escapes the plane isn't quite possible. <laughs> oh, man. But we'll, we'll, we'll chalk that up to... Uh, what was that other movie where the, they, they escaped down the boom? Oh, uh... Was that executive decision? Thank you. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can forgive a few a few parts, like basically, like uh, Schwarzenegger, John Matrix, to say, he's a uh, he's being escorted down there by a very large man, and within a matter of seconds, while sitting seated in a full airplane, doesn't bother to get up, manages to kill the guy, elbows him, and breaks his neck. Yeah, in like three seconds, nobody nobody makes a notices peep. either. Yeah. yeah, everybody's getting peanuts and shit, and putting their bags away, grabbing their headphones. Nobody gives a fuck. Like. Nothing. And, and it's he loud, asked for man. When he elbows that loud. guy, like, boom. Yeah. And the seat moves like hard. He's a big man. And it just goes slamming back. Nobody said poop. And I don't I don't know if you recognize that actor. Uh, Charles Meshack, I think his name is. He he showed up in a film we uh, reviewed a couple of weeks ago. Action Jackson. Just no shit. Note. Yeah. Him and Bill Duke, man. They, they do films together. Oh, yeah. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. So yeah, great Bill Dukes in this movie and too. So here, here is where I have a problem. One of many problems that I'll point out in this film. Um, so the first thing he does <laughs> after he kills case. Enrique, and he yeah. does, he does give one of his good one-liners right here, where he tells the flight attendant, "Hey, don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired." Yeah, and it's, it's just like it, mm, fucking shit, yeah. no, fucking clap. All that's like yes. beautiful. Amazing. But he asks, he asks the flight attendant, "Okay, how long is this flight to Valverde's?" Right, and she's oh like, "Oh, God. we land in Valverde's in exactly eleven hours." So, right. as I described earlier, this place was supposed to take place, like, in Central America or South America. Yes. Now, if you've flown anywhere, like, if you're <laughs> flying to Europe, it takes you about eight hours to get to yep, Europe. It does. You know, 11 hours. Like, that's, like, almost flying. Like, you're flying well past Hawaii. You're flying almost to Japan at that point. I think they go the long way where they go over Alaska and come back. Right I think so. Like, on the other side. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have one layover here. Yeah, yeah they go north. They're not going south because it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, but it gives us our ticking clock, right? We have to make an it... actual ticking clock. He starts a fucking timer yeah. on his yes. goddamn watch. <laughs> and as we described it, yeah, the way he does get off this plane, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, oh man, like, he's he's able to open a door that's clearly would have been pressurized from the inside. Like <laughs> yes. there's, I don't care how strong still or Schwarzenegger is, man, no human being actually can pull a door open like that. No, absolutely but he, yeah, cannot. He does that and then makes like a. 500 foot drop from the landing gear into a swamp in into California a swamp, like which 
really i've been to lax it is by the ocean it is not by some swamp yeah you know what are you gonna do there's there's lots but of issues once again this contrivance you know it's like right. yeah we're gonna let it fall off you know he falls in like three feet of water too and just like yeah gets up no problem just barely like, wet fucking nothing yeah wet from the waist down and then just yeah. decides to run across the ramp nobody notices this guy no no one sees this giant monster of a mountain just running through the tar bag. It was like, yeah, go ahead, bro. But yeah, and then is able to get back into the airport, which is even more. Maybe maybe that was just how security was back then in the eighties. Yeah. Like you could just, maybe it's eighty five. Yeah, yeah, you could just walk into an airport and go anywhere you wanted. You could smoke on planes then. Maybe it was very lax. That's Who knows? true. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. definitely post nine or pre nine eleven. So could you imagine fucking being on a fucking plane with people smoking a cigarette? Jesus it's weird. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Back in the day, it's like yeah, smoking or non smoking. Well, I'm so, on a okay. I'm on a sealed tube. Let's see. right. <laughs> oh, oh my geez. god yeah nobody bothered to engineer that shit I don't think nobody cared <laughs> uh, so, anyway, so after uh, he manages to not only escape the plane uh, you know do the, the, the swamp landing get back to the airport he, he does so so quickly that he he manages to catch sight of Sully before Sully gets back into his car yes. in the parking lot and leaves well, that's because right? Sully has to stop and like just like sexually harass a flight attendant. Yeah, but how long was he doing that for? Like, really, like, Sully... Okay, so the the way the timeline breaks down, everybody, is that as soon as uh, Sully put uh, Matrix on the plane, he walks away. Well, yeah, and he's got to go make a phone call and say, yeah, they're on the plane and on the way. But how long is Schwarzenegger's escape supposed to take? Like, from, 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 from takeoff to murder to landing in the swamp. Is that all supposed to be, like, 95 seconds? And then he makes it back to the airport in, like, seven in, seconds? In movie logic, yes. I mean, in real Man. life, it would be, like, 15, 20 minutes. Because, you know, if you've ever taken a plane trip anywhere, it takes a while to taxi out and then yeah. wait your turn and then get on the ramp and, you know, get on the runway and take off. And he would had to, you know, jump off and then run across you know, from yes. the edge of the runway, which if you've ever seen a runway or tried to walk across one, it's a big thing. Yeah, he runs big. all the way back to the airport, yeah. unseen, and back to the airport. <laughs> so, yeah, Sully had to be sitting there for like 25 minutes, man. Right. Just So, as Sully is hitting on, the, uh, on this... Uh, uh, on this flight attendant, it, it's Ray Don Chong, uh, yeah, who's a uh, co-star know, here. Yeah, the other yeah, our, our, our co-star of the movie, and uh, because you know, Sully shows an interest in her. Schwarzenegger decides like this lady could help me, but he kind of goes about it in a kidnappy sort of way. Oh, he's very like, much so. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't he's make supposed a lot to be the sense. hero of the movie. So, I, <clears throat> pardon me. Ray Don Chong is it, she's going to the parking lot at, at the same time as uh as Sully is, right? And the whole time uh, Matrix is stalking Sully, uh, he manages to get a hold of uh, Cindy. Uh, that's Ray Don, Ray yeah. Don Chong's character's name is Cindy. He manages to to kidnap her, get her in her car, and says, hey, uh, you know, you're going to follow this guy here. Like, in, you know, uh, does he threaten her? Or does he just tell her, like, you're going to follow this car? He, he basically says, yeah, you're just going to do what I say. And he doesn't, I don't know if he really threatens her. He does rip the seat out of her car. So I guess that would be kind of Because he can't fit. Yeah, she has yeah. a very small car. So like, that's the joke is that he literally just rips the seat out of the car and just fucking, I like, you know. I like how she tries to intimidate her. She's like, I can't help you because I got an advanced karate class I got to get to. He's like, right. he's like, you're not going to make it. Right. <laughs> Let's go. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't think he directly uh, threatens her because I don't think they want him to come across as right a, as menacing. But I, I think he also does like at one point does like 
threaten her by saying, remember, I could break your neck like a chicken, doesn't he? No, that is actually, uh, he says that to uh, Maria Conchita Alonso oh, in The Running okay. Man. Totally getting my movies mixed up. Okay. Yeah. No, but All I'm right. with you, though. I hear it right now. Yeah, no, that's when he's wearing the Hawaiian shirt. So Total brain fart. Yeah, sorry shirt. there, everybody. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I don't think he actually, he's actually threatened right now, Chong, because like, when they get into the car, they start driving. Like Depending on what version of the movie you see, you get some exposition at this point to where he fills her in as to what's going on, to where, uh, or no, he doesn't actually fill her in until after the mall, right? No, after the mall. But you do get yeah. a little bit more just in this one. But right. it, doesn't, it doesn't add anything to it. Once I, Like I said, you know, this director's cut doesn't add anything to the plot doesn't help you understand it the only thing you get little a little bit later on is when they do a little bit of exposition is yeah what happened to the mother and right. all you hear is like yeah she passed away that's she the only away, thing yeah. you get out of this thing that's it they, yeah. they brush right over it so, so after you know uh, he has her follow sully from the airport they end up at this shopping mall uh yeah the galleria has, man the galleria same place same. that the same mall that the terminator 2 took place yep exactly. yeah very famous landmark. Um, so he has Cindy follow Sully. And he's following Sully too, but from a little further back. Well, as this is going down, Sully notices Cindy, but Cindy manages to then flag down a cop and she says, hey, uh, this guy here, you know, can you help me, you know, not a cop, man. A mall security guard. Oh, was it even? It these was are, a mall security guard? These are guard? mall security guards. Oh, man. Armed man. guards, mind you. <laughs> Well, they really didn't deserve what happens to them then, because because at this point, like they're just okay. Keep you keep in mind, Schwarzenegger is the hero. John Matrix is the hero in this movie, yes. and you know he, he kidnaps a lady for help, and uh, as she is trying to get herself uh, get help to get away from the giant man who is Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger's character then decides. Uh, after a bunch of security guards surround him trying to help Cindy, he just beats the shit out of everybody who tries to put a hand on him. Oh, crazy. It's it's pretty fun to watch, actually. It's a, it's a fun fight, but yeah, it goes all across this gallery. Like, they're jumping down. Like, he's swinging from rafters and shit. Like, he's doing the whole thing where, the, like, eight guys pile around him, then he fucking he freaks out like Macho, yeah, just, you know, macho Randy Man, and, you know, they, they all go flying around and shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking, oh, it's, it's a wild nuts. fight. And uh, it's at he this point, too, like... out of the wall. He does. <laughs> very strong and uh, sully notices him during this right and then he takes off yeah is well, that what happens i i got ahead of myself because sully runs over he gets to the phone booth he's trying to call his friends and say yeah matrix isn't on the plane right but yeah schwarzenegger goes up there just rips the goddamn phone booth rips out the, of the booth wall out yeah and tosses him around and so sully has to take off yeah and he runs for the uh runs for the car and yeah gets into his porsche right and, and yeah, they take off. And this is where also, for some reason, that's after, when Cindy helps him, right? Yeah, like is in the park. Yeah, Cindy, Cindy goes so far as to turn this guy in, watches him beat the shit out of all of these security guards. <laughs> like and eight then, guards. Yeah. And then says, hey, you know what? I'm going to help you now. <laughs> yeah. She stops him from being shot. Yes. <laughs> like Sully. She's like, no. And they get in the car together. And this is when he then explains like, you know, uh, I probably should have said this sooner. My bad. Uh, you know, my daughter's been kidnapped. You know, he goes through the whole spiel. Then she's like, okay, now I get it now it's okay that i help you so. yeah even though he did say this before like when they were in the mall but she was still like no i'm turning you in right so. she's like i don't give a shit but after he re-explained it she's like oh, okay fine yeah after after i made the conscious decision to save you and now i'm on the hook for a felony or something right <laughs> I, yeah i i'm all of a sudden your friend there schwarzenegger so. yeah so this is then like this is all going down during a pretty lengthy car chase between uh as they're trying to catch sully they're going all the way through the hollywood hills and all that and uh 
after the you know they finally stop Sully and you know the big confrontation. He crashes his car. He flips his car basically. He flips his car. Schwarzenegger, uh, you know, he or Matrix has Sully up by he's holding by his foot, right, like over yes. a cliff. I, yeah. I, this is this is one of the, the one of the scenes that I vividly remember from a kid. Like just I yeah, love it sticks. this scene because it sticks. Yeah, he just picks up this little scrawny guy, holds yeah. him over the edge of a cliff, one handed. I mean, obviously there is the you know movie magic. There is a crane holding the guy, but but yeah, he's all like saying, you know, hey, you you know, God, what is what does he say? Because he has some crazy one liners in this thing. He's like. He's like, yeah, you know, loyalty's real important here, but that's not the most important thing to you right now, Sully. What is important is gravity. <laughs> and, you know, he's threatening him, basically saying, hey, where's my daughter? Right. So and Sully then, gives him a, uh, Sully, uh, gives him a, a card, like a, a, to no, a motel, right? No, Sully doesn't right? give him anything, dude. He this doesn't? Is, this is what's nuts. No, because when, he, when, when Matrix is pulling Sully out of his car, right? Yeah. He, he re- goes right into his pocket right away, pulls out a hotel key. Oh. His name of the hotel. Then takes him over to the cliff and then says, okay, you know, where's my daughter? And he's like, oh, I don't know, but Cook does. Cook is uh, Bill, Bill Duke's Duke. character. Yeah. And he says, but I'm on my way to meet him and I will, uh, I'll, I'll take you to him. And he's like, no, you won't because I already know where you're going. Right. So, okay. Yeah. He, he doesn't really So he did that just to him. fuck with him then, right? Just he was just fucking with Sully the whole time. Yeah. Just so he could say, hey, remember when I promised to kill you for, or kill you last? Yeah. He's like, I lied. That's and right, just, Matrix. You did say that. I lied. Yeah. And Boom. just drops him, man. Yeah. Clearly a dummy dropping too, but it's a great shot. Like, ah. And then you get to see Matrix pick up a car. Like basically, and flip it back right side up to go driving away. And this is this was my first lesson watching movies and understanding how how movies aren't exactly shot in order. Because yeah. this car, when he like gets the shit beat out of it, they're banging the the doors into this thing, and uh-huh. then he picks it up. And then when the car takes off, man, the car like drives off without a scratch on it. Like, yeah, the the driver's side is right. Like it, it was, yes. it was all yeah. It was, it wasn't damaged like when he drove away. No, not in a, in the slightest. Yeah, so yeah. that was one of my first lessons as a kid, like learning like why is that? And then it's like, <laughs> yeah, as you get older, you learn. It's like, oh yeah, because this thing is all shot out of sequence. Maybe they used another car, whatever it might right. be. You know. It's like, what do you mean? This isn't real. Like, but yes. do you tell me wrestling isn't real now? Get the fuck out of here. Yes. I mean, speaking of that scene, I mean, you get to see like Radon Chong's character. She's sitting in that same seat where, you know, Schwarzenegger ripped the, the, ripped the it seat out. out. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't have a seatbelt, obviously, but they no. run into a pole, but she, yeah. she walks away unscathed. It's just, just, just kind of nuts, but yeah. you, you go with it because this is a Schwarzenegger film. Yeah, I mean, you figure if anything, like he uses beefy arms to hold her in place. Like he yeah. uses the seatbelt. Well, well, he's holding himself into place, right? Yeah, he, that's what his quads are for, man. It's yes. all good. So then we end up uh, at the hotel, and uh, you know, we we had seen Bill Duke's character before. Like it's been established that he's part of you know the group. He had he's gone the through. Badass and, of yeah, the, he of is. That, he's he he and uh, and uh, Vernon Wells is a character. Bennett. Uh, Bennett, like they're they're the two badasses of the group, and. Uh, when they go to the hotel, they get into his room and all that. This is when we get probably, I'll say one thing for Schwarzenegger in his fight scenes. Like, in, you know, The Rock could probably take a lesson or two from this. Schwarzenegger will allow his ass to get absolutely kicked in a it movie. It has yeah. to, you have to make it look real. Yeah. Because t- the fight scene they have, like, you would ex- like, they go back and forth. Like, it, this fight could really go, like, could have ended either way. Like, either guy could have fucking won. Because these are two gigantic men just beating the shit out of each other. And they're tearing apart this shitty hotel room and they're crashing into other rooms. And it's just, man, it is an amazing fight scene. Yeah, it's I It's so it. cool to watch. Yeah, and it's awesome. I will tell you, of all the characters Brutal. in this film, uh, Bill Duke's character 
is like probably one of the scariest of all the Oh, characters. for sure. Like, like you feel like he is so menacing at the start of the movie where he's killing yeah. off all those people. Like yeah. you really feel that like, okay, this guy maybe could take Schwarzenegger's character. You you know as a kid or even today, you're like, you know, I know the hero's not going to lose. Right. But this is the one guy you feel but, like could really do some yeah. damage. Yeah, because he's, he's just as big as Schwarzenegger and his character shows no fear to ma- of Matrix whatsoever. No. <laughs> he is not scared of him at all. It's like, oh shit, this is going to be a fight. And yeah, it's it's terrific. Yeah, as you said, they just beaten the hell out of this hotel room until yeah. finally Bill Duke's character is impaled on Oof. a coffee table, like the leg of a coffee table. And Man. It's, just, it's pretty gruesome the way he gets it. Very gruesome. And th- not to mention, too, there's some weird shit going on in the background scene. <laughs> In the background of this fucking scene, man. Like, yeah, did you? I'm not sure why. Did you get that picture I sent you? Like, what the fuck yeah. is that doing in the background? Yeah, so yeah, they they kick through a door into the next one. So yeah, if you remember <laughs> one of those motels where the door there's a door that separates the next room. Yeah, so, yeah, they get like Schwarzenegger kicks Bill Duke's character through the next uh, into the next room, and yeah, like they're either like they're filming a porn in there or, or they're just they're like doing two people something. that want to just film themselves having sex. But yeah. yeah, like you notice there's a video camera sitting there and they're right. like, yeah. So they're fighting each other while these two people are in bed trying to cover up, you know, it's just, it, it is one of those, of it's one of those old ones too, like autofocus style. You know what I mean? There's this fucking a huge setup and shit. I feel like they had to like, it, it because it was an 80s film in you know and it was R rated like they had to have some tits in there somehow because you yeah. do get you do get some a flash of tits in that movie mm-hmm. so I think maybe it just had to meet that quota for some reason right some of the studios like we need tits They're like all right yeah fine. yeah but let's let's do a reshoot here right real quick guys we quick set tits that so we're out all right we're good let's go. it, yeah for 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 no other reason, it makes no sense why you'd have that happening, no but. no sense what's it's not needed at all at all it what happens to the two people like they're i i know like they're in the bed and they yell like when they break in but they don't actually show like are they still sitting there as bill duke's dead bed bodies just fucking hanging yeah, out shit, they're just they're just traumatized leaves? i mean i assume yeah. they probably get their shit together and get the fuck out but Man, yeah there's just there's some weird loose threads in this yeah <laughs> they're really wrapped up like, like i need an mcu fucking post-credit scene where you see these two just like wrapped in blankets having cocoa on the curb like it was a yeah, fucking man. terrible night and then Samuel L. comes in and says, hey, there's a whole lot of other shit you don't know about. Yeah, something. Let's, let's talk. Give me something cool. But damn, yeah. So many questions. Except it would probably be like Ron Jeremy coming in or something. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> so gross. Oh, man. So it's at uh, it's after the big Bill Duke fight that then we then, uh, that Schwarzenegger takes, or that Matrix and Cindy go weapon shopping, I guess is the best way to put it. Well, he has to go first find out where his daughter's at, right? So they, they know that there's a... Do they go Do they go to the airport? Where I thought they go to get supplies first, and then they go so to the this, airport. So they thing, go right? to a pier um, in, in L.A., and this is where I have, like, the biggest que- like the biggest questions here. Like, there is a warehouse here. Like, I, I described it earlier. Huge there's warehouse. There's a whole warehouse full of, like, yep. tanks and, like, recoilless rifles and all sorts of stuff. And all these soldiers are like cleaning stuff and like they're looking at maps and plans and all that Not sort of American stuff. soldiers either. Like, no. Like, let's, yeah, let's like this is that. all like, <laughs> I, I wonder, I was like, thank God we have Homeland Security now because like, man, right. nobody was watching this. The people of Valverde, man, they get in. Yeah, they just have like a, a whole invasion army ready to go. Right. And they also have like a amphibious plane sitting out there. And yep. This is, this is the point where, yes, Schwarzenegger, with the help of Cindy, figures out that oh, they're obviously on a on an island somewhere because they had to fly. They had to take the seaplane. 
Right. And he's looking at this map, and he's like, oh, these coordinates, they have coordinates written down. Based upon have, this plane, they have this much fuel, so they could fly to here. Yeah, they, they put yeah, pieces all together in Encyclopedia Brown It's some Brown crazy, style. crazy shit they figure out like, exactly yeah, where the island they have to go to. Like, yeah. you know, they, thank God, like, they didn't have, like, a several of islands out there, and they had to go mm-hmm. island hopping or something. Jesus. <laughs> but, Everybody knows there's only one island in the Pacific. Come on, man. Yeah. And then, yeah, just like off the coast of California too, right? Right. Yeah. It's like it's like Coronado or something where they have to fly to or something. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so this is then they go like, okay, we got one more stop before we go to the airport or to back to the pier to get the plane. We need to go shopping and get weapons. And for some reason, like Schwarzenegger knows his character understands that if I go to an army surplus store, they're going to have every weapon I could possibly want. Maybe maybe he bought all his arsenal there or something and. You know, he knows for, for sure. I mean, they had ridiculous, not just like, you know, like handguns, like rifles. They had fucking rocket launchers. Like, rocket launchers. There was so much shit there. Bazookas. They had Dude. like like M60 machine guns. Mm-hmm. Everything you could think of at this place. And he loaded up, man. He had shopping carts fucking full. Yeah, just I mean, like, yeah. Cindy is taking those things out to the car as they go, but at some point, mm-hmm. the cops come rolling up. They somehow yeah. don't see Cindy with this whole car full of shit. <laughs> right. That's the cops that finally show up, like, an hour into all the destruction he's been tearing through L.A., to, you know what I mean? Yeah, so he's finally there, and he, he's put under arrest. I love yeah. how he's put under arrest, too. Like, he's broken in there, he's stealing all these guns, but when they're when they're marching him out, though, he's not in handcuffs. He's nope. not in handcuffs when they put him in the meat locker, yep. you know, the meat wagon or anything like that. He's just like, nope, just get in the plane. You know, who cares? <laughs> yeah, he's very calm and docile towards actual cops. Security guards, not so much. Yeah, he beats the shit out of them, but yeah, right. yeah. yeah. He can't, can't punch his way out of that one. But then we, we, we get a pretty fun scene. Uh, as the cops are taking Matrix to jail, uh, Cindy has the car full of all the stuff. Well, and, let me ask uh, you this, too, before you get to that. So Cindy rolls up, right? She rolls yeah. up next to them. And right away, this cop cop just assumes, like, she's a hooker. Why? Right. I don't know, because he's an asshole? Yeah. Like, that might be, be my guess. I mean, I'm just, I, all, I, all I thought back to was, like, oh, this is, like, 80s L.A. You know, the LAPD had a horrible reputation throughout the 70s, 80s, and, you know, 90s, you know. And, uh, and 2000, you know, just, 2010s, I was like, 20s. Yeah, they see an African-American yeah. woman, they're like, oh, yes, she must be a hooker. Yeah. <laughs> I was I just, like, God damn. It had to be their mentality back then, I'm sure. Oh, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. So as, uh, like, she's still sitting there, like, she, her, she sits at the, at the, when the light turns green, her car just stays. The cops don't react to that at all. They're, like, completely fine. They go yeah. drive it down. And as, as they get far enough away, I don't know if she actually considered this escape plan or not, but her... Her plan to free Matrix from the paddy wagon is she fires a rocket launcher at it. Yes! Uh, the first time she has the rocket launcher backwards because the, the first rocket goes firing behind her and it blows up a car behind her. The cops see it and they start trying to drive quickly, I guess. Away. So she reloads it, fires a second rocket, hits it just, you know, dead on target, nails it perfectly to where it flips. And then Jason Voorhees style Matrix just comes fucking staggering out of there. Just not fine. a scratch either. Not a scratch like, on like him. This is, yeah, this is a, a, a large rocket. If you, if you understand what that is, it's, it's called a light artillery rocket. It's yeah. designed to like take out tanks. Right, yes. immobilized tank with armor, but uh-huh. yeah, somehow, yeah, perfect shot. Just yeah, he walks away unscathed. It's kind of ridiculous, but once again, our hero has to get to the end, right? Like, what happened to the cops who were driving? Like, yeah, they you know they're I mean? even unscathed. Like, they're just like 
pulling out like, oh my god, what happened? Right. Oh, yeah. like uh, yeah, Dukes of Hazard style. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, very their much. Their so. uniforms Thank are you. all messed up and shit. Yeah. Thank oh yeah, that's I, right. I couldn't actually place it, but that's exactly what it is. It's like yeah, Roscoe climbing out of his car and be like, oh man, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, all yeah. that shit. Yeah. Just ridiculous. So dumb. Uh, so oh, it's yeah. at this point then, like they go. Do they go get their own amphibious plane, or do they go back for the one that they had saw at the other place? They, like, they go how back to the one work? they saw the picture of. Okay, and, all right. Yeah, and yeah, they, they start loading up the thing. And then you know, all of a sudden, yeah, this Jeep rolls around with guys shooting machine guns. Once again, on a public, you know, a, a pier. Yeah. That, that's like obviously under control of the city. Probably the federal government as, as well. Yeah. You know, how does how does a, a Jeep with guys like shooting automatic weapons just like go unnoticed? Like, I don't Yeah, good it, question. But yeah, they're shooting at the plane, but we learned that Cindy, because she's a flight attendant, she's like, oh yeah, I'm getting my pilot's license and I'm learning how to fly. Yep. Schwarzenegger, like anything that guy can do, the one thing he can't do, it seems like, is fly a plane, so he needs nope. her to fly. Yeah. And yeah, they, they get away and they start flying to the island where, you know, Matrix's daughter is apparently kept. And yeah. this this is where we do get to see, um, once again, a very good actor show up in a, in I believe what is probably his third Schwarzenegger film that he did with him, Bill Paxton. He has a bit part in this film as a, does he work for the Coast Guard or he works for the Navy? He does yeah. where he's operating a radar and he's a radar operator. Yeah. yeah there, apparently there's a zone like right off the coast of California where the Navy just shoots the shit out of it. So right. nobody flies, flies around it. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, but okay. No, no sense whatsoever, but we go with it. Cause you know, Bill Paxton. Yeah, I love him. Great character. Yeah. He, like I said, he he was in Terminator. Uh, that's the first role he had with Schwarzenegger. Yep. And then later in '90s, he he was in True Lies. So. He was really good in True Lies. He was pretty oh, goddamn. He was funny. good. He's good in pretty much everything he did. I, I yeah, he's pretty great. Yeah, rest in peace, <laughs> Bill Paxton. I, I yeah, love for you, sure. Okay, so once they actually get to uh, the island where uh, where his daughter's being held, like they, they land somewhere off the coast. At, the, at this point, then like he. He blows up a raft that he thought to bring with him from the warehouse, which yes. is handy. And he, he throws all his gear into the raft. And then he, he basically just strips down to Speedos and jumps into this raft. And he just goes fucking paddling towards the it's shore. It's just to show off those pecs, man, For and the sure. back muscles, man, I mean, as he's rowing that it. thing. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like, come on, dude. But then, but it does take us to what what he had to have in this film. To the A-team load-up scene where yeah. everything, every gun's getting loaded. They're it's the same <laughs> thing that, that yeah. Stallone did in Rambo 2 yep. where he's getting everything right, putting the knife in, putting knife the headband pocket, on. Bullets, yeah. yeah. Schwarzenegger's doing the exact same thing. He's putting grenades on him. He's zipping things up. You know, the, I love the sounds in this thing, like the zippers going up and, you know, the metal clanging and all this stuff. It's really good. I mean, for... A, a low budget action film. It did have a pretty good uh, sound effects budget. You know, the, yeah. the sound design was pretty good. I, I give it credit. Yeah, pretty great. And this leads us to a scene that, it, it, if the whole movie at this point was over the top at all, it pales in comparison <laughs> to this last act because this is just the, crazy. The small army that that President Arius has on, on this island is pretty sizable and not it's almost like it's almost like they're all stormtroopers basically because oh. matrix rolls through 
everybody unscathed. There are so many people. There's explosions going left and right and dudes flying through the air. I mean, it's anything you'd ever seen in an 80s action movie or TV show is represented in this final scene. I mean, yeah. He's using blowing through these soldiers. He's blowing up buildings completely with Claymore mines. Yes, he's, he is. He's just, like, his his guns never run out of bullets, man. I mean, he's no, just, like, ever. blowing people yeah, away. Yeah, do like, we, we ever see that fucker reload once in that scene? He doesn't ever reload, but he, like, he does switch guns, right? Because he brought, like, an Uzi. Uh, uh, right. You know, a shotgun, you know, yeah. and a and an AK, like all this stuff. But he never, he never seen reload. He just kind of switches guns, like every just once keeps in a while, by his and, then, and shit. then picks up a belt-fed M60 and seems to have like unlimited bullets with that thing, man. Just like blows yeah. people down. It's like it, it's just like like they had like you know like this is where they that competition between Schwarzenegger and Stallone like started because both of them had scenes like that where they're mowing people down with M60s. So, yeah, actually, uh, this, this ending was rewritten. It was originally much smaller, but they uh, they rewrote it to make it a lot bigger than what it was. Like it was initially just a very small force, like just like a handful of guys. It was supposed to be, and then yeah, it, after rewrites and reshoots, here we go. Well, yeah, they boy they stretched it out a lot then because he's oh dude. I mean, he just goes around picking people off, and then all of a sudden the alarm goes off, and then everybody's flying after him, and then you know at the same time we didn't even mention this where. Jenny, she figures out a way to get away from her captors and she's running away. Bennett right. has been ordered to uh, go kill her because Dan Hedaya's character was was no was finally informed that yeah he wasn't uh, Matrix wasn't on the plane. Right, they so, finally yeah. know as everything's blown after, up around. They after that eleven hour flight, you know they flew right. around the, the Earth twice. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So so Bennett has to go chase down Jenny. Right and. Yeah, God damn it! You know Schwarzenegger's character has to go like track him down. Um, but oh, one thing I didn't know if you noticed though, did you did you recognize where all this action was taking place? The house that was that was uh, this was being uh, shot up. No, this is the same house that uh, the shootout for Beverly Hills Cop took place. I fucking thought, damn it! Yeah, yes. dude, I totally see it now. And this was written in IMDb. It says, yeah, ironically, that in both those movies, the, the heroes were trying to rescue a character named Jenny. Boy, oh, wow, that's a weird coincidence. It is. Huh. It, yeah, maybe it's not. Who knows? Yeah, know? right. Damn. No shit. So, yeah. So, but yeah. So we finally, we get to a point where we get to our final two characters, right? Because the big showdown finally. Yeah, Schwarzenegger doesn't make take much to take out Dan Hedaya's character. He no. tries, but yeah, it doesn't work. And then, yeah, we finally get our showdown. Yeah. And I, I absolutely love this scene. Like, as stupid as this scene is, like, I love the one-on-one that these guys go at it, man. It, it, it's big, walloping punches, too. Like, every punch is just... And the noise, like, the punch noises, too. Like, I don't know what the Foley guy or the sound guy was doing for this shit, but, dude, it's Oh, he was taking, ridiculous. like, taking like big stakes and slapping them against leather Yeah, chairs, had man. to be, because, man... Just, yeah. But and, I mean, like you could feel each hit, I guess, like just from what it, it, each one's fast too. No one's even bleeding. Like it's it, it's the fight scene you would expect this movie to culminate in. So it doesn't disappoint. Yeah, it's it, like if you, it, for anything, if you ever want to watch this movie, it's worth it just to watch this end fight because it, it is a lot yeah. of fun. It's it's what you expect from an '80s film. I don't think you know. I yeah, Schwarzenegger. I don't know, or, or Stallone. I don't know in Rambo Two if he had like a really good fight. There was a big guy he fought in that movie, but like but he didn't like have this. a he didn't have a good final like punch it out like hero winner takes all kind of fight. You know, like this right. one is. And also, like uh, I, I know he had one line to end the movie, but in my opinion, this was the one liner 
to the <laughs> to end one-liners <laughs> in the movie. Is oh, that, man. Not, not to spoil the ending, but if you're still hanging out with us, I'm, I'm sure at this point you want to know how it ends. So you can go watch the movie for yourself and tell us what you think, obviously. But uh, it, the final showdown of the movie is that they're fighting in this... Uh, in a, they probably ran out of budget, obviously. So like, everybody get in this dark closet real quick, guys. And there's just a bunch of steam pipes everywhere. And one yeah, of the I, steam I pipes... I could have swore... I, think they, I thought they went over to New Line Cinema and said, yeah, hey, can we like film it. where you where you shot Nightmare on Elm Street? Right, yeah. <laughs> the boiler area. Yes. Yeah. So a pipe breaks, and, you know, as one would expect, you know, Bennett's chest fucking collides right with it, goes through it, and there's steam piping out. And then uh, Matrix says the very cool line. Uh, what was it again, Brian? Let off some steam, Bennett. Thank you. And, <laughs> oh, it's just, like, it's, of course he did. It's cringy, but it's funny, dude. I mean, it's... I can imagine the guy right, just the right, like, the who wrote the screenplay just grinning at this point, like, this is going to be fucking amazing. Yeah, he's, he's like, know, like, oh, he's man, just this is... Oscar worthy, yes. Right. <laughs> He's just grinning to himself like this is fucking yeah. perfect. I love it. So then uh, uh it's at this point like Matrix and, and Jenny make their way back to the beach and literally everyone on the island but them is dead. Yep. <laughs> like there there's so many other people just dead bodies around them. Like they had to walk through scores of piles of people to get to this yeah, serene like, beach. Like Jenny's not gonna be traumatized enough by being kidnapped no. by a bunch of thugs. But right. now she's seen this carnage, man. Yeah. And actually, we didn't even, field we didn't even talk murder. about what he did to the guys in the in the tool shed, man. Oh like, my god, they got fucked up. It's pretty vicious. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> like this was uh if you thought some of the fight scenes in uh and they live were a bit much, you know what I mean? Just that's oh, what man. you're in line for here. Is that same yes. kind of over the top ass kicking. So uh after crossing you know, an international border, like we would assume, and, and, and wreaking a, a lot of havoc across two different uh, sovereign nations, uh, the U.S. Army finally catches up yes. with John Matrix as he's leaving. Like, Sydney. And they're, they're like, yeah, did you leave anything for us? Right. Like, oh, sorry we showed up so late, man. What happened? Yeah. Cindy manages to bring the plane a little closer, and, and she's waiting like in the plane for for Matrix and 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 Jenny and all that, and the army show up, and uh, it basically it's at this point that his old uh, boss General Kirby pitches in the idea of coming back to work, yeah. and it, the line they end the movie on after so many absolute home runs for fucking terrible one-liners in this uh, movie, yeah. they really waffle it on this last one, yep. is that he could have said any number of cool things to the, to this general when he pitch him, pitches him for his old job. But the last words this movie end on are, Schwarzenegger turns to the guy and says, no chance. Yep. It's, and then it kicks weak. in with probably, ooh, boy. It's technically a rock song, right? Yeah, <laughs> like it's a I rock mean, it's song like, for the time. It, it, it's what you'd expect from the 80s. It's not a yeah. well-known song, but it's like, yeah, it's kind of actiony and you know hard rock. So basically, if you saw Ralph Macchio and William Zapka doing karate to this shit, it would fit right in. It would fit right you know in I mean? exactly, yeah. right in with that. Yeah, yeah. Now that you're mentioning all this stuff, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, I wonder if like this whole thing was set up by Kirby himself anyway to like have Matrix go wipe out this threat that he had to Ooh. like go get because he just happens to like follow him all the time and then just happens to show up at the end, right there to take the credit and say, yeah, we're here to just clean up now. So, Wow. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> let, let us know, uh, listeners, if you guys have any thoughts on that. Oh, the final song is We Fight for Love by a group called Power Station. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that's the only hit they ever had. So It might be. And I'm saying loosely that's a hit. That It was in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Robert Palmer was the lead singer of that group. Man. Oh, God. It can't be the same Robert Palmer. It is, dude. It absolutely is. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That is weird. I got to, damn. Yeah. 
Jesus, that that that's just another layer of weird for this movie. Wow, I, that's something I <laughs> never heard of. Wow, I'm, I really I'm wish I didn't away. know that, but now I do. Goddamn, hey, it, it makes this film that much richer. It does. And speaking of Richard, too, man, this one, uh, uh, such a $9 million budget, like, even for fucking 85, like, that's not a lot of bread, right? Shit, that, a lot of that went to Schwarzenegger and explosions. <laughs> yeah, at least two-thirds, right, was just due yeah, to the fucking, pyrotechnics, yeah, man. Pyrotechnics and Schwarzenegger's biceps alone. Yeah, they had to probably move his whole gym there to keep bumping up every day. Yeah, but it made, uh, like, six times its budget at the box office, so I think you consider that a hit. Yeah, it was a pretty successful film for the 19, uh, 1985 year. Like I said, a lot of good movies came out that came out that year. When yeah. this one came out on the weekend, it was released. It beat out every uh, everybody. It was going up against uh, during that time. So, like I said, it didn't go head to head with Rambo because right. it probably wouldn't have beat that out. But it did pretty well for its for what it was. Seventh highest grossing R rated film of eighty five and twenty fifth highest grossing overall. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah, pretty impressive for that year. Because like fuck I said, yeah, eighty five was a phenomenal year for movies yeah just looking at that list we were going through it's like hit after hit after hit after hit well yeah i don't know if we call them hits but i i think they're ones that we have special love for i mean i would consider them hits yeah <laughs> a couple of them for sure because you have them in your dvd collection does not yeah, necessarily sure do. make them a hit yeah but... and i was bored enough to buy them as i was walking through the store it's right That's exactly what happened <laughs> I gotta go listen to Power Station now. I'm gonna check yeah. that. Out. I'm gonna you write that. See if they have any other any hits. Maybe maybe that's something else. Show up in another movie. Don't worry, I'll, I'll fucking send them over if I find anything. I tell you that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, overall though, I, I'll give you some final thoughts here. I yeah. I enjoyed this film. I th- I think this is a movie that holds up for a lot of a lot of. I've said on the show many times where I go back to a lot of films from the '80s, my childhood. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the movies just they don't hold up. They're just they're okay, but they're I just don't get the same feeling. This right. one I get a lot of the same giddiness and stuff out of. Like I still enjoy it. I don't recommend that you have to go out there and seek it the the director's cut that doesn't add no. anything. I would love to see like a much longer cut with a lot of extra stuff put into this thing that would like put it over the edge and make it an X-rated film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, minus the apparent uh, love scene that was filmed but cut from this movie oh, between gross. Schwarzenegger and Radon Chong. Like, why? I, well, yeah, why was that needed? I, well, they, they they said it wasn't needed. They cut it out. Yeah. Because as you watch this film, those two characters have no chemistry between them. No. At all. None. It is, it is friendship all the way. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, but wow. overall, yeah, I will. I will continue to go back to this film every once in a while when I see it. Um, it's one of my favorite Schwarzenegger films. It's not my. It's not the favorite, but it is definitely up, to probably, in the top five films of that I watch of Schwarzenegger's. What's your favorite Schwarzenegger movie? It's probably Predator from nineteen eighty seven. Well, that's a good call. I feel like that's the best. Uh, Total Recall is up there too. Um, but yeah, I'd probably give the edge to uh, to Predator. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's very, very good. Yeah, Predator's up of, there for me too. Is, yeah, it's you can't go wrong by picking that film. It's it's a tremendous film. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think my damn it, I'd have to go Running Man. That's a good one too. That that is entertaining. Um, it's it's definitely much more low budget, but it is an entertaining film to watch. I do enjoy that film. Yeah, I really I quite like Red Heat too. <laughs> the cop movie. Oh my god! Belushi. 
Jim Belushi. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. But I mean, it, it fits right. It, it it it's in with the tone of other buddy cop movies of the time. Like you know what I mean. So, so much. It is just a ripoff of those buddy. Total cop Total cheese. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 But you know, I think it, what it probably came out in eighty eight. Eighty eight. Probably yes, came off did. the heels of Lethal Weapon. Yep. So, yeah. Well, and yeah. then before that too, you know, forty eight hours, fucking you correct. Know, yeah. Any other cop movie, Running Scared, like you know, the concept had been just you know drilled. To, Fucking drilled, drilled, and drilled at that point. Absolutely so. correct. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> no, about no, those films. No, no new ground was being rehashed at that point. No, no, yeah. Uh, Lethal Weapon was a ripoff of those. Yes, you are. Yeah, for correct. sure. And then Samurai Cop, a, lip- a ripoff of Lethal Weapon, and you know. <laughs> yeah, they just, yeah, I mean, you, you got to copy and copy and copy until it doesn't make any more money. I just watched Samurai Cop today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, that is a horrible, horrible film. Um, yeah, one day we'll have to talk about that film and do a. I'd like to. T- I, I want to see the second one. They made a sequel just a couple years ago. It's. I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's horrible. I don't know oh. if I would recommend it. it can't, is it it's worse ridiculous. than the first one? Oh my god, it's horrible. Oh, that's a. That's I haven't. A I haven't sat down through the whole thing. I've seen parts of it because I can't watch the whole thing. It's. It's that bad. Oh Jesus. It's bad. That's not. Is a very bright picture? Maybe I should skip that one. Yeah, I mean, like you're 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 saying, like, is it as good as the first one? The first one's a horrible movie, man. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I know. It's not good. It's just got cheese appeal after cheese appeal in that one. And Robert Zadar, like, you can't go wrong with that guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's the film you look at, and you're if you're learning how to make films, you're saying, here, watch this because don't do anything that this director did in this film. Well, I tell <laughs> you, you know? what, there are, yeah, it's a master class of what not to do oh, in filmmaking. It's, it's funny, yeah, it's funny, but it's yeah, it's ridiculous. So maybe we'll skip it. Well, so what should we not watch next then? If we're not going to do a Samurai Cop two, well, we are continuing the summer of Stallone. So you want to get back to Stallone? I I, I still want to continue. I'm enjoying the summer of Stallone. I hope our listeners are enjoying it. What do you got? Uh, well, so I was I was looking at uh, one from 1995. It's pretty cheesy, but uh, it's a uh, Stallone. <laughs> and Antonio Banderas, uh, 1999's Assassins. I, you know, I've I never actually seen that. Oh, you have not? Yeah. Oh, God, I don't know, because it, it's so bad, it's good kind of film, but... Okay, I don't know. Do you have a suggestion of a, of a, a Stallone No, I'm, I, I love Banderas. I'll, I'll fucking, I'll totally... Okay. And, Richard, and Richard Donner, too, directed that? It's 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 worth a watch. I will say. Oh that. man, no, it's got it. Julianne Moore in it before <laughs> she really became big. You need to say good things. You're you're not pitching a fucking strong campaign here for this one. Well, I'm you're not. Like, I'm well, not saying this is like this is like oh, this is a, just a phenomenal film. I will say this. I like it better than Cliffhanger. Oh, the Wachowski so. sisters wrote it too. Look at that. Yeah, this is. How have I not this seen is, this movie yet? I I don't know. I want to figure this would have easily been in your wheelhouse. No, I I have not seen this. This is yeah, this is an entertaining film by Schwarzenegger in the '90s, you know, during his comeback, doing a little, doing a little extra, you know, action films. Yeah, and this, this was right decent. at the the height of Antonio's like first like breakout kind of shit, man. Yeah, I mean, he was doing uh, uh, what's the movie? It's the not the not El Mariachi, but uh, what Zorro. They call it? No, no. Uh, uh, Desperado. Thinking of Desperado. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Because that, that was like his big, big yeah. welcome into the world of action films. Yeah, the big breakout from there, and then he just started rolling. Yeah. Where's that Where's that, Where's that? that one playing at, Assassins? Well, that's a good question. I don't know. if they have this. You might have to rent this one. Oh, okay. Uh, to get it. But 
I don't think you would walk away saying that this is a bad film to actually watch. Okay. Let's go with that. All right. That's then assassins. That's, 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 is that what it is? <laughs> yes. Two hours and 13 minutes long. So, so Oh, get in. the fuck out of here. Is it really? <laughs> it is. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't, but don't quote me on that because I do not remember if it's like you feel every minute of it or does it flow. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Okay. Well, then uh, I think uh, we'll hold my, my stolen pick for the next one then. All right. Because I'm, I'm anxious to see. You didn't want to tell it to me off air. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait. And see oh, I, no. I, 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 in my head, like it, it, you had not seen any Mel Brooks movies. So I was going to suggest like something from Mel Brooks. But no. Oh, no. okay. Like since okay. I, you know, yeah, you're there. Like, I was actually, if we're going back to Stallone, I was going to say Tango and Cash. Oh, boy. That was on Which my list is, too. Yeah. That's a good Ooh. one. But no, we, we can do Assassins first. I'm good with it. Okay. Well, let's. Yeah, let's give it some thought. Maybe we'll just have a nice surprise for the listeners. <laughs> a young hitman thrives in the thrill of the kill and his appetite is heightened and he discovers his next target is a veteran assassin who wants out. Oh. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's a 90s film, so. I wonder who wins the Battle of the Assassins. Yeah, I wonder who, right? Right. <laughs> I think Bill Duke can pull it out this time, man, I tell you. You'll have to wait until next week to find out. Yeah, you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, you can find us at our home on the web at adamsnerds.com. It is adamsnerds.com. Uh, we're going to get out of here. We actually do have a lot of shit to watch again. Uh, on behalf of Brian and Mary, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Mm, delicious.